how you doing? This is Craig Beck, aka the Stop Drinking Expert. Welcome into another episode of the Happy Sober Podcast. And today we're talking about something important. We're talking about the idiots. How do you deal with the idiots? We've talked about this before, but it's an important uh, point. So I thought it's worth going over again. And I saw a comment on YouTube yesterday and someone said, I've quit drinking, but Craig, how do I deal with my friends and family who keep trying to bully me into drinking again? Let's talk about it today. Uh, but first, your friendly reminder that sitting on the fence and doing nothing and just worrying about this doesn't make it go away. And in fact, you can spend years, decades doing this. Uh, so what I would suggest is you get off the fence, pull the splinters from your backside, and go to the website, stopdrinkingexpert.com, sign up for today's free quit drinking webinar, and I'll even give you a copy of my best-selling book, Alcohol Lied to Me, as a free gift just for turning up. So, uh, by the way, coming to you from London today, um, not that it makes any difference, <laughs> makes a difference to me. Um, so let's start with um, why. It's always a good place to start, isn't it? Why are these people who supposedly love you and care for you trying to trip you up and trying to get you drinking again? And the most important thing for you to understand here is uh, actually it's got nothing to do with you. It's got no bearing on whether alcohol is good for you or bad for you or whether you're missing out or whether it's got nothing to do with you. This is all about them and their own internal dialogue. All right. Because, look, when you quit drinking, you cause a problem for the drinkers in your life because you shatter one of the most important safety nets they think they own. You know, drinkers love safety in numbers. It's their favorite tool to defend the indefensible. Yeah. They love the concept of social proof. If they can look around the room and see other intelligent people also choosing to drink the poison, they can somehow say to themselves, well, it can't be that bad then. Now, of course, safety in numbers um, has no bearing on reality. There is no safety in numbers with alcohol. It doesn't matter whether you drink on your own or with 100 other people. It's not like one person gets picked out to have something terrible happen to them. The odds are the same for every drinker in the room, all right? It's like roulette. You know, a lot of people will say, well, I'm going to bet on black because it's been red five times in a row. It's got to be black next time. That's nonsense. The odds of it being red or black are exactly the same every single turn of the wheel. And the same is true of problem drinking or consuming alcohol. It doesn't matter whether you're on your own or with, you know, 10,000 people at a concert. The odds of something terrible happening to you remain exactly the same. So when you stop drinking, you shatter the illusion of safety in numbers because they love you, they respect you. And if you're choosing to give up alcohol, you must be doing that for a reason. You must be concluding that it's bad for you, that alcohol is bad. This kind of flares up some little, uh, you know, niggling thoughts at the uh, back of their head they're concerned about. And you cause them psychological pain. Now, they don't label it as that. They don't go, oh, bloody hell, Linda's caused me psychological pain. <laughs> they just don't, they feel uncomfortable. They don't even know why. But what they do know is that you're causing it and it's because you've been a party pooper, you're spoiling the fun, you're being antisocial, whatever label they want to apply to it. 
So they will try and tempt you back into drinking and they'll say things that seem entirely plausible and logical. They'll say, well, surely, surely you can just have one. I mean, don't, don't go mad, just have one, just to be sociable. And they'll say things like that, you know, no, here, just, just give, you know, don't be so hard on yourself. You've had a hard day. Have a glass of champagne with us. They'll say something innocent like that until they've had a few drinks themselves. And then heads up, you may be shocked, you may be surprised at how insidious and vicious they get with their comments. It will change from lighthearted banter to genuinely nasty stuff. That can happen from people who love you. Uh, I remember being at a Christmas party one year. I was working at a radio station in Yorkshire in England, and we had a Christmas party. And this lady who worked for the company, who had quite a bad drink problem, she was staring daggers at me staring with evil eyes at me all night. And after she'd had about, I don't know, two bottles of wine, she finally came over to me. And she sat down next to me and she said, you're spoiling this party for everyone. I said, what are you talking about? She said, you're ruining this party. I said, how am I ruining it? She said, because you won't drink with us. You're making us all feel bad. You're destroying this party. I don't know why you even bothered coming. And I just laughed, but... The nastiness of it was so surprising. So that's why. Like, it's got nothing to do with you. They don't hate you. They, they, they don't mean what they're saying. They're in pain, and they're trying to get away from it. Because as a species, we're pretty simple to work out. Human beings are motivated by two things, and two things only. The need to avoid pain and gain pleasure. So what we've established here is your sobriety has caused them pain. They now have a choice. They can, they can quit drinking and the pain goes away. They feel good. But that's not the path of least resistance. And as a species, we generally take the easy route if we can. So the easier path is to get you drinking again. Pain goes away. So that's why they're doing it, yeah? They're just trying to make the pain go. That's, that's that's all they're doing. So how do you deal with them? Do you do you just bow to them and drink? Of course not. There, there are there are. I'm just keeping an eye. Someone's going to ring my bell very soon, and uh, I'm going to have to go and let them in. So I'm hoping I finish this video in time. Um, there are different ways depending on who they are. You will deal with your drinking buddies who you used to hang around with on a Friday night playing pool and drinking differently than your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, and so on, all right? So first of all, let's start with the drinking buddies because these are the people who are going to give you some real hardcore pressure. They're going to tell you you've changed. You're no fun anymore. You're a spoil sport. You're a party pooper. They're going to really twist your arm. Uh, the way you deal with them is with confidence and a complete lack of shame. There's nothing to be ashamed of in what you've done. Quitting drinking is not a shameful act. It's a powerfully positive one. So be proud of what you've done, right? It's just that there's this whole stigma around alcohol and all of it is nonsense, right? You know, if you decided to go vegan, uh, I'm pretty sure you couldn't be persuaded out of it by people saying, oh, you're ruining the party, have a sausage. If we, because you will have made a powerfully important decision 
You won't have done it overnight on a whim. You'll have thought about it for a long time. You'll have gone through significant struggle and pain and you'll have made this decision and someone just bullying you, I'm presuming would not be enough to change your path. And the same is true of going sober. This is your decision and you're doing it for you, not anybody else, all right? So you deal with it as if it was any other big life change, you know? So if someone comes up to you and says, oh, have a drink, you're ruining this party, you just say, no, I don't want one. You don't need to give a reason. You don't need to defend what you're doing because what you're doing is logical and sensible. It's the people who are drinking poison who should be defending their actions. So what we tend to do in the Western world about this is we're too nice about it. You know, people say, oh, go on, have a drink. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm just taking a bit of a break. Oh, I'll have one in a minute. Or, oh, I'm on some tablets from the doctor and I can't drink. But, you know, I'll be back at it soon. Don't worry. We're too apologetic and we're too nice about it. We feel like we have to justify our decision. And you don't. Oh, go on, have a drink. Your misery. No. That's the end of the conversation. No, I don't want one. And if they keep pushing then you just raise your, you know, you raise your level. No, I don't want one. Don't ask me again or we're going to have a problem. Now, of course, yes, they're going to be, what's wrong with you? But you'll only do that once and it's over. And and don't feel bad about that. You know, if you'd uh, just quit smoking and you'd gone out with your friends and they're all trying to get you to smoke again, wouldn't you be absolutely bloody furious? Wouldn't you be like, you absolute scumbag. How dare you do that? You know what I've been through. How dare you try and get me smoking again? Do not ask me again. You'd be furious and you'd be quite right to be. So don't feel that you can't be about alcohol, all right? So just be confident, be strict, and don't feel the need to defend yourself. Don't make up silly reasons or lies or excuses. Don't say you're on a health kick or, you know, you're on antibiotics because those excuses are going to run out. The absolute best thing you can say in my nearly 14 years of doing this, the best thing you can say to someone who asks you why you're not drinking is this. I don't like the way it makes me feel. That's the best answer. I don't like the way it makes me feel. Because if you think about it, there's no comeback to that line. You know, they can't go, well, can't you just have one? Well, why would I have one of something that makes me feel bad? That doesn't make any sense at all. You know, can't you just have a few to be sociable? What, I have to feel bad so other people can feel sociable? No. So that's the best line you can use. Now, it's different with close friends and family and your partner, your husband or your wife, all right? It's an honest conversation because you need to steal back power here, all right? They're going to arm wrestle you a little bit and say, oh, come on, just have a glass of wine, you know, like we always used to, blah, blah, blah. It's Christmas, have a glass of champagne, that sort of thing. So, you know, they have tradition, they have history, they have you know, case history on their side. So you just need to arm wrestle a bit of power back here. So instead of being, you know, all stroppy about it, you just have an honest conversation. You sit down with your mom and you say, mom, look, I need to tell you something. Alcohol has been making me really miserable. I mean, really, really miserable. 
It's just been, you know, depressing me so much. It's been ruining my life. And so for that reason, I've decided to give it up. I'm not taking a break. I've given it up completely. But I really need you to help me stick at it. Will you do that for me? And you want to hear them say the word. You don't want them to go, oh, yeah, and walk off. You want them to say, yes, I will help you. And then you tell them exactly how they can help you. You say, mom, when I come around to your house for Christmas, don't offer me a glass of champagne, all right? Don't assume if I haven't got a glass of champagne, I'm having a bad time. Can you give me orange juice? Can you do that? And again, you want them actively involved in the conversation. So it's, if it's with your husband or your wife, you might sit them down and have the same conversation. Look, this has been making me really miserable. Um, I feel terrible. I, I want this out of my life. Will you help me? Uh, and you, you're going to push here for an alcohol-free home. That's your goal because that just makes your life so much easier. Imagine if you'd just given up heroin, but the house was still full of heroin because your partner did it. Wouldn't that make it really difficult? Well, it's the same with alcohol, you know? Even as though you've, you've got it straight in your head because you've done the course, you're now 100% certain that you don't want alcohol in your life, there's still that weak moment, that's still that stressful day when you hark back to you know, the days when you would have poured a glass of wine. So it's much easier to live in a house without alcohol. So you're going to ask your partner, can we have an alcohol-free home? I'm not asking you to quit drinking. Drink as much as you want, but just not in the house. Now, in my experience, 50% of partners will say, yeah, I hear you. I love you. I support you. That's no problem. The other 50% will say, no way. You're not spoiling my fun. It's my home too, and so on and so on. So if you get a negative response, then go for the compromise. Say, okay, okay, I understand. Can we have an alcohol-free home for a month? 21 days. That's how much time it takes just to get you settled into the new routine. And again, it's 50-50 here. 50% will say, yeah, okay, well, I'm not happy about it, but yeah, I'll go for it to support you. And the other 50% will say, no way, how dare you? <laughs> you're, not, you're not spoiling my fun. If you're still in the negative camp, you may have bigger problems to deal with. Uh, but generally, you can find a compromise agreement, all right? But you need to tell your partner how they're going to help you. You know, don't buy me a bottle of wine when you go and buy yourself one. Don't stick, you know, takeaway night doesn't have to involve alcohol. Don't assume that I need it or want it, okay? I think there's a road sweeper going past that's quite noisy. So that's generally how you deal with this. And it's two different ways. The, uh, the drunken friends are one thing, and the close friends and family are an entirely different thing. So I hope that helps. Tell me in the comments what experiences you've had. Have you ever had anything as bad as I had it, where someone singled you out and told you that you're ruining the whole night by not drinking? In the comments below. And don't forget to like and subscribe to this as well. Thanks so much for being with me today. I will see you in the next episode. Don't forget to go to the website. Loads of blog articles and free advice there at stopdrinkingexpert.com.